Your challenge, if you choose to accept it, is this. Let's go, let's go! Show up on day one, work out with us for 30 minutes, feel good right away. Yo! Repeat five days a week for three weeks. Three weeks? Five workouts a week. We're body, and we call that a body block. You pick the block, and you're gonna love the experience. On week four, this part is really important. Take the week off. Seriously, we mean it. Rest, go on vacation, or try something new. Maybe some yoga. Notice you're not holding on to any tension here. Or a dance class. Get sexy with it, daddy. You do you. And then start again. Be committed to this process. Choose a new body block each month. Get a new challenge each month. Have fun every day. Avoid burnout. You're not going to quit on yourself today. This is how you reach your goals. You win? There is nothing that we can't do if we work together. Sign up for your first body block today. Visit body.com for a free trial. That's B-O-D-I are you ready to get started? And good morning. We are live on Facebook and YouTube. We're live on Atlanta Falcons fans on all Falcons and Scott Kennedy Sports on Facebook. And then YouTube.com slash C slash Scott Kennedy on YouTube. Uh, for those of you that want to try and join us after the fact, if you're listening to this pod on falconspodcast.com. Uh, and if you want to catch us live, that's how you can catch us live every Wednesday morning at 9. I am Scott Kennedy, your host. I am in Atlanta. My co-host, and welcome back, is Nick Kendall. And Nick is back from somewhere off in the woods. We told Nick to take a hike, and he did. So welcome back, Nick. Yeah, no, I'm doing well. Tired. Uh, hiked out 13 miles yesterday and about 4,000 feet elevation um, from a valley in the deep in the Olympics. So it was great. Uh, because of the normal trailhead was closed, uh, we hiked in from a much further spot, and we had the lakes completely to ourselves both, day both days, which was wild because it's a really popular spot so it was really cool climbed up a mountain for sunset i mean it was it was a good time but i am tired it's definitely one of it was not a it was a mentally recharging vacation but not a physically one i'm i'm, this, I'm this exhausted the best kind. i always say well, the yeah. kind of vacations i like are the ones uh that are like physically exhausting you yep. know where you're awake at 6 a.m and you're ready to go to bed at eight you know nice dinner backpacking and the bed just all <laughs> you lay down you're like oh the bed feels so good yep. um because you you're out there snow skiing, hiking, scuba diving, all that kind of stuff yep. um, is the stuff uh, I like to do. Um, as the chat is opening up, people start coming in. We start a little slow, and then the algos start reaching everybody, and they start coming in. So as you're coming in, hit that like button and share and retweet if you found us on Twitter. Uh, help accelerate the people that are coming in, and, and uh, hit that hit that like button on, on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh Someone coming in already is Aiden. Aiden's coming in. Says good morning. It's funny how Tom Brady is going to get divorced and lose to the Falcons in the same week. Uh, seems to be a lot of distractions. I hadn't actually heard this. I don't pay attention to that type of stuff, Nick. As far as and it, it hasn't really come across my timeline of Trouble in Paradise. You know, the world's power couple or anything. Is this is this happening? Sounds like this is happening. I also saw that uh, Zach Wilson shot, shot his shot already, leaning into the. Uh... The cougar kind of thing that apparently goes around with his uh, right now on social media this past year. So um, kind of funny, but yeah, it does sound like Tom Brady and whatnot. I even this could have been fake on Twitter, but it used to be family and football underneath his Twitter, like his Twitter bio. And now it just says football. So, uh, so I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, but yeah, no, Tom Brady. That. I um <clears throat> again, it's it's none of my. It's really none of my business. I don't particularly care. You know, I don't. I don't wish ill will on people in their personal lives and i'm sure divorce sucks so yeah um you know may we beat your butts on sunday <laughs> that's really all i care about uh dominic Aramillo coming in says good morning scott nick dog nation my boys it's auburn week dog nation oh this used to be one of my favorite weeks of the year dom um as you know i went to auburn uh auburn is a shell of its former mm -hmm. self you know, so I was at I was at Auburn from ninety one to ninety six. That was uh, you know, that the nineties the were when um Auburn and Georgia alternated victories on each other's home fields for a decade. It was crazy. Every the home team lost every single game for like eight straight years. Um Auburn's they're not quite as bad as I thought they were, but they are more poorly coached. Uh so this one it, this hasn't been a rivalry for a while. Uh, yeah. This is the Georgia's most sustained length of uh, dominance over Auburn in the history of this series that goes back about 130 years. So uh, it's a it's a good time to be a dog. 
Uh, has, Auburn sure. has Auburn fired their coach yet? I feel like they're here. No, not officially. You know, not no. not a okay. not officially, but uh, you know, dead man walking yeah. is uh, you know, I, I don't know what they're necessarily waiting for, uh, unless it's just you know, uh, the final regular season game or or whatnot. Um, yeah, it's just a matter of time. Uh, yeah, it was. He was fired. He's. I'll be shocked if he's back. Luke Wright says, "Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning, Luke." Paul Jones coming in on Facebook says, "Hey guys, hello yourself." Joe Cannon says, "Good morning, Scott. Nick. Good morning, Joe. Coming in on Facebook and Kevin Fitzpatrick also coming on Facebook. Good morning, fellas. Finally watching live again. Go Falcons. Well, good. It is glad to. Uh, we are glad to have you. Some of the things we wanted to get into today is we're already roughly a quarter of the way through the season. I still think of you know four out of sixteen, but four out of seventeen. That's close." And halfway through week, uh, you know, week five, we're we're about twenty five percent through the season. I kind of wanted to just kind of get an update. You know, uh, where we stand with this team. You know, have they met expectations? Have they exceeded expectations uh, on the whole? And then uh, from individual unit standpoints, you know, let's let's take a look at the units. And you know, as we start thinking of you know the rest of the season, the future, where does this team need help? Um, you know, where, where can you start, you know, forging these Falcons into, into, uh, contenders? Um, first off though, I wanted to say that, you know, we're, we've said that the, this team lacks depth. Um, you know, the starting 22 is, it's fairly solid, especially on offense. There's some playmakers there, but the depth just isn't there. And what you couldn't necessarily afford is a, a loss of one of your big three playmakers with Cordero Patterson. Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and right now one of them's gone down. Uh, Cordero Patterson's out for a month. Um, how bad do you think that is going to hurt, or can you survive that with a good offensive line, Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley stepping up? I mean, you're going to lose some playmaking ability. There's no doubt about it in the the running game and in the passing game as well. Uh, so it will definitely hurt. I don't think that Tyler Algier has the necessarily the same uh, dynamism or even close to it. He's more of a plotter in a good way uh he's you know mm-hmm. good up the tackles but he's not bouncing things outside and getting into space and hitting home runs which is a big big part of what's making this falcons offense tick right now so i don't think you can replace him but what needs to happen is i think the passing game needs to become even a little bit more uh carry, sh- shoulder more of the burden and the load um uh, without cordell patterson there because you need to get explosives probably not getting them as much in the run game yeah, I, I agree. There's there's no replacing, you know, unless you're you're making a move for Debo Samuel this week. There's you know, they're they're fairly unique talents. You know, Cordero Patterson is a a special player and he will be missed. Um, you know, I don't think he was overused, but we said, you know, after the first week when he had about 20 touches, I'm like, that's not sustainable. Um, you know, when you when you had Damian Williams and you did not have Tyler Algier active. That was a mistake. That was a pre-decision. You know, you make spur-of-the-moment decisions. Okay, I made the wrong play call, or I kicked a field goal when I should have gone for it. But the ones you want to really try and avoid are the premeditated mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it was a mistake not having Tyler Algier out there and just running with Damian Williams uh, and Avery Williams, who had never played running back before. Um, That mistake has been rectified, but you don't want... 15 touches a game for Cordero Patterson you want you know unless it's you know some screen passes or whatnot you know but you don't want 15 carries out of out of the backfield because he's going to run into punishment it's just he can't help himself yeah yeah it's definitely a bummer he's going to be out for a bit Uh, but you know this is why you drafted Tyler Algier maybe Mm -hmm. one of these guys can step up and give you more options and we've said all along that this season for the Falcons is about evaluating the future assets and seeing who's going to be the difference maker and carve out roles and improve uh, for the seasons to come. And Cordell Patterson, as good as he's been, you know, he is and is such a weird journey, but he's still like, you'd think he's going to be bumping up on the age here for running back soon. I know he's weird because he didn't play running back the whole time. So maybe he's an outlier uh, in that regard because he still has a lot more tread on his tires, but well, it, it's about- not even just age for a running back. It's just age yeah. for a human being. Human you know, being. the quick twitch yeah. starts to go away a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. as you start knocking into your mid thirties, uh, which he, he is, you know, I think he's 32 this year. Um, could look that up, but I think he's 32, but mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's also, again, he's so unique in that he's not just 
quick twitch. He's big. So yeah. the strength, the strength isn't going anywhere. You know, the, the power in there, but he's got to be able to hold up and hopefully he'll be back soon. But Caleb Huntley looked really good. Um, coming in from the practice squad, making his NFL debut, thought he ran with good vision. One cuts kept it very simple. You know, that's, it's kind of a Nick. It's, it's kind of a, a problem with, you know, young guys coming in. They want to do too much. I want to show everybody what I can do. And I thought he kept it really simple and, you know, you don't try to do too much. Just be your, be yourself out there. One cut, get behind your pads, run hard. And he was very, very effective. I think uh, we're looking forward to seeing more of Caleb Huntley this weekend. Yeah, no, absolutely. We got a few more people in the chat here. want to say hello to, I, I can't click them, but Paul Jones already beat expectations this year. That's a great day here, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Wright too. Good. Miguel Santa Steven in the house. Good morning, Nick Scott and Nick. Just wanted to say uh, my favorite Falcon was UMM Lobo Terrence Mathis. Uh, so uh, Lobo's there, man. That's a, uh, not, not much good football going on in New Mexico right now, Miguel. I kind of feel for you there. Um, that's coming from a guy who has to watch Iowa every week um, right now. But uh, Terrence, Terrence is a good dude. Um, I've got to – he was he was one of the uh, camp coaches for the Nike camps that I traveled with for years evaluating high school guys and uh, and got to meet him. And I, I, I got to tell him, I said, you know, one of my favorite things, uh, it was just absolute money in the bank was a Chris Chandler out route to Terrence Mathis. You want to talk about route running? Terrence Mathis wasn't known to fly by guys, but by God, Chris Chandler to Terrence Mathis for 12 yards on third and eight was absolutely auto freaking matic It was mm-hmm. unbelievable. It's like, what do you need? First down, out route, Terrence Mathis. There it is. Um, ju- he's a really, really good dude too, Miguel. He was a, a great Falcon and uh, I, I enjoyed meeting him uh, through the years and, and, and talking with him just a little bit. So thanks, Miguel. It's good to, good to be here. Hey, East says, good morning, fellas. Scott, glad you're doing better. Feeling a little better, feeling a little better. Uh, the throat is holding up a little better. And also I can I can uh, let my whistle a little more often when there's someone else talking. And there's also someone here that if the chat gets busy like it was on Monday to tell me, hey, dumbass, you're muted. Um, not that y'all didn't tell me. I just didn't see it quite as quickly as I would have liked. Uh, that was embarrassing. But Amy, appreciate you being here. Raymond Collins says, good morning, fellas. Good morning, fellas. Uh, good morning to you, Ray. We know Jeremy Sean. Jeremy coming in this morning. Says, good morning, Scott and Nick. Uh, wanted to stop in and say hello and throw a like. Thank you, Jeremy. So glad to see Thank you survive so the hike, Nick. Yeah, no, it was a good time. Caught a couple of trout and uh, saw some deer. You know, climbed a couple mountains. It was a good time. Um, but my knees are killing me. We flew back yesterday. Broke down camp at about four. Th- woke up at four thirty a.m. and got back to the car at about two thirty. So, uh, pretty good day. <laughs> and Mark Turner coming on YouTube. He says, "Morning, guys. They signed Huntley. Yes, he has been promoted to the fifty-three. So, your active running backs uh, on the fifty-three man roster right now are um, are Avery Williams, Tyler Algier, and Caleb Huntley. That means mm-hmm. there was a spot open. I haven't seen it be filled." Uh, yet, but there was a spot open on the practice squad on the 16 man. So there was 15. There's still a spot there. As far as I know, I don't remember it being filled. I haven't seen that come across and I try and keep an eye on those type of things. So he, um, he, he has done really well. He was someone we talked about immediately after the game uh, when Denver Broncos lost a running back that Huntley's going to be on a 53 somewhere after his performance. Um, Someone's going to sign him off the of practice squad. It was the Falcons, and, and good good for them. Uh, Albert Knoppers coming in. says, good morning, Scott. Nick goes Broncos country and, you know, Falcons nation, Falcons country. Um, we're not quite as uh, adamant about, you know, is it nation, Falcons, fans, whatever around here. It's just all y'all. How you doing? So good morning, Albert. Um, Paul Jones coming in. We, and we can start here uh, as we, as the, the chat is opening up a little bit. Lots of likes and everything coming in on Facebook which is good to see um, that Marcus Mariota has been better than I thought. Um, I think he's been pretty close to what I thought. I don't know if he's been better, honestly. I, I think I expected competency. I don't know that I expected the the disaster plays. It just feels like there's a, a missed snap, a, a drop ball, um, you know, unforced errors, I guess, is the best way to put it, that turn that, that are that are turnover level, not just a missed throw as an unforced error, but a turnover level unforced error seems like one of those happens every game. 
and his passing wasn't good this this past week um the the browns played a nice little cloud on him and opened up the running game and arthur smith took advantage of it hell we'll just run it down your throats and it worked very well so nick 10 plays 75 yards in the third quarter all running plays for a go-ahead touchdown that doesn't happen in the nfl no, that's more of like an old school, not old school, but, you know, 15 years ago before Alabama said, you know, we can get good wide receivers in here and throw the ball around uh, kind of football there. And, you know, we're going to run it down your throat and you're going to enjoy it. So uh, got to love that. Um, this is the team that, man, one of the best. I don't know if you probably did listen. There's a little bit on The Athletic on this, I think, episode last Thursday uh, where they talked about the design of the Falcons offense and just how fun it's been. And one of the best uh, building block offenses and just Whenever they get their QB, whoever that is, it's going to be fun to go. I mean, obviously, a little baby, maybe some tinkering in the offensive line, some more depth at wide receiver, but uh, Arthur Smith's got them moving, and you should be really excited about that. I should know, given Broncos hired an offensive coach who uh, apparently is going on the the other end of things, heading the other direction compared to what Arthur Smith and the Falcons are doing offensively. Yeah, I think I look. I looked it up. Um, let me see the stats, but the the. The Atlanta Falcons are like top five. Um, it might not be quite that good, but teams, offensive leaders, they're um, in yards. They're they're towards the middle of the pack in yards, but in points, let me see. They are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth. They're eighth in the NFL in points scored. That's pretty darn good. Um, you know, you consider the changes that were made. Uh, what changes were made? You change the starting center. Uh, you lose Russell Gage, but add Drake London. And you swap out Marcus Mariota and Matt Ryan. Let me see. I think that's about it. Now, you change nine starters on defense. Uh, but, you know, going across, I'm starting to think, you know, who else was there? You, you've got basically the, the same team. And you're up to, uh, you know, number nine in points scored. That's That's really really impressive what they've been able to do uh with this roster and, and a lot of it was you know to to their credit nick we we talk a lot you know going to the broncos and how they didn't necessarily address the offensive line that's what scared me about this falcons team you know what what did you do to get better on the offensive line uh well caleb mcgarry in a contract year is one of those things mm -hmm. uh caleb mcgarry's been great um no complaints at all he's been a plus starter not just a Okay, he's worked his way. We said if, if Jalen Mayfield, the left guard position, went from the worst in the league to just bad, that would be a step up. Mayfield didn't go from just bad to okay. He's been good, damned yeah. good. Yeah. And then Eli Wilkinson and Colby Gossett have played a, a very serviceable left guard. Yeah, no, absolutely. The unit has been probably the most surprising on this team this season. I think that's fair to say. Um, McGarry coming up, coming into his own. I'm glad that's why you don't quit on talent, uh, especially at developmental positions. Um, so that's great. I mean, <laughs> contract year is a little bit annoying, but I mean, I, heck Scott, if we went back and combed through the hours of <laughs> content that we have out there, you know, talking like, what would it take for McGarry to get a contract from him? He's like, it's not, nothing could happen. Now there's no way he'd have to play, you know, Herculean effort, but the way he's playing right now, you might, you probably got to be thinking uh, at least a tag, but probably a contract extension as well. Not a tag. It, not, not a tag. Not the tag. Not a, it not gives a you, tag. Um, it gives you the ability to negotiate, though. It extends the yeah. window. Like, some people just use it as a hold uh, to get to the summer. Yeah, but if I'm him, I'd just take it. I mean, a, a tag is um, the, the, the average of the five highest paid offensive linemen. Not just right tackles, but OL, which gets you your, your left tackles in there. So a tag would be 18, 19 million. Yeah, but it's 18, 19 million versus the five-year contract. That would be way higher guarantees. Uh, and there's no guarantee that he would be healthy. Yeah, but I think you could probably play. go, you know, three for 30 guaranteed. I think you you're going to pay more than that. I think you're going to pay more. But with how, the first round pedigree, how hard it's to find a right tackle right now, the, the salary cap exploding, I think he's going to 10, 10 a year. I think it's going to be much more than that. We'll see. That's, that's yeah. good money for a right tackle, though. Yeah. Um, so... So we'll see. I don't know, you know, unless yeah. he comes out with a Pro Bowl next to his name, uh, which that probably won't happen. Either way, this is this yeah. is another. It's a it's a good discussion for Caleb to be having. Like we said, this is an eight year eight figure year for him. 
Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he, he can be making tens of millions of dollars this season. And he is, he is RC plane builder coming in says, Scott, the Buccaneers haven't won a home game yet. Additionally, their offense has collapsed the last two games. Uh, do you think we'll take advantage of that? Um, who was it that said uh, earlier? I said, I can see beating the, the Buccaneers out here if we stop the run. It was Luke. Luke said that. The the spread on this one is, is eight to eight and a half, depending on where you look. That seems high to me. Um, this this Falcons team is solid. They're, they're, this isn't last year's Falcons team where they won games against bad teams on smoke and mirrors and then got blown out by the good teams. This is a team that can play with anybody. You know, they're not going to win all of them, obviously, but they've been in every game they've played uh, and, and they've played four one score games so far, including on the road against the Rams on the road, you know, back to back West Coast games um, against the Rams and Seahawks uh, coming home and beating a tough Cleveland Browns team who can who can, you know, you're wondering, are you going to be able to hold up in the trenches? Do you match up well against this team? Uh, can they go to Tampa and win this game? Absolutely, they can. And I, I wouldn't have said that three weeks ago. Um, eight to eight and a half seems like a lot, Nick. That seems like a big spread for what we're seeing from these this pair of two and two teams. Yeah, I know that does seem like a big spread. Uh, Tampa, I mean, Tampa has an incredible defense. I think that's probably what it comes down to. They have probably the best defense in football right now, can do pretty much whatever they want. And the Falcons have a question mark now that they lose probably one of their most pivotal pieces on offense that they're leaning on this season. So I would take the, uh, the Falcons money line on that uh, with the Tampa Bay to win. Uh, but eight and a half is over. Anything over a touchdown is pretty ridiculous in the that's NFL. A lot. Yeah. That's, that's a lot. This isn't, you know, this is a, a solid squad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and as Joe comes in, he says, I would say this, we've exceeded my expectations only because we've been competitive in every game in all phases of the game. Um, Exactly. You know, there's you can I think this team can score some points. I think they're capable of, of shutting some teams down and putting pressure when they need to. Uh, special teams is, has been solid. So, you know, limit the turnovers and, you know, play within yourself and you're going to be in every game. And, you know, eight and a half sounds like a lot in the NFL. Um, that would be the biggest spread so far through five yeah. weeks. So. That seems like a lot. You know, I, I would say, you know, yes, Tampa Bay should be favored in this game at home. Uh, it's Tampa Bay. Still not fully believers in the Atlanta Falcons based on, you know, their schedule and results so far. But eight and a half is a, a, a big number. It's a it's a big number. Yeah, it is a massive number. We'll see. I Again, I take the Falcons to cover that one, but Tampa probably to win just because their defense is that good. And uh, Mark Turner says, my favorite Falcon was Tommy Nobis. Uh that was just a little bit before my time. That was, you know, late 60s and 70s. I started really watching in about 80, 81. So my Mr. Falcon was really, well, I grew up with William Andrews and Gerald Riggs, you know, the big running backs. Um, but then, you know, the 90s was Jesse Tuggle. Jesse Jesse Tuggle was my guy. Um, you know, he was the, the guys that, uh, the Falcons that survived the dark years and, and still played hard uh, have a special a special place in my heart. Paul Jones says, do you think they will look for a veteran running back? Um, they still had one on the practice squad. They had two. Um, let me see. I had the roster up here, and I can't even remember his name. Um, it was an Oregon State guy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that, and I'm not even sure where I can go look at my former posts on YouTube, but I don't, I don't remember a community. Here it is. Uh, let me see what his name was. Um, BJ Baylor, the Falcons signed him two weeks ago. So they had two on their practice squad. Do they need another one? Not necessarily. So they still have one in reserve that does leave a spot open, uh, for the practice squad. What will they do? Uh, we'll see, but I, I feel pretty good about Huntley, uh, and, and Algier right now, you know, they're, they've got a month under their belts. You know, it's, it seems kind of strange to say that, you know, you are dealing with a rookie and a guy who's only made one start, but uh, Huntley was on the practice squad last year. So, you know, he's, he's not in a sense, he is a veteran, you know, he's, yeah. he's been with Arthur Smith as long as anybody else has on this team. So I don't expect them to wouldn't surprise me if they did 
just because, you know, you've got a spot open, you need to run it, you, you might need a running back, but they did have two on the practice squad already. Yep. And the Broncos already took one of them, right? <laughs> With uh, Javante Williams going down for the year. What a bummer. I getting that note text yesterday. Chris Walker coming in saying, good morning, everyone. Two wins in a row. I'm hoping this is a good sign. Does seem like a good sign. I mean, Falcons have done better than my expectations so far this season. Uh, no doubt about them. They probably should have beat the Saints as well. I mean, they they falconed it up, as uh, Scott likes to say. So this team is definitely pulling in the right direction, closing out the outside noise, and uh, playing some pretty good football right now. I'm trying to, you know, I feel like maybe the tide is turning just a little bit. Um, you know, the Atlanta Falcons under Arthur Smith are 9-4 and four in one-score games. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That's that's really good. It was 7-2 and two last year, 2-2 two and two so far this year. Um, with the, you know, all of the handicaps from a roster perspective that we've talked at nauseum, I won't get into them, uh, but to be nine and nine and four in one score games, that's, that's really good. Um, and I've said that these Atlanta Braves, these aren't the Atlanta Braves I grew up with, you know, the built for the regular season, built for the long haul. I said, these feel like the Atlanta mother effing Braves, like the big, the big swinging bullies out there that go out there with some swagger Mm -hmm. and expect to beat you and expect to beat anybody that's in front of them. Uh, They lost a three to one lead to the Dodgers two years ago, came back and and took them out last year. And then, then they just bludgeoned the Astros in the world series. Um, Crawled back from 10 and a half games uh, against the Mets. Yeah, it's the Mets, but this is a different Mets. This this was a different Mets. The Mets had some dogs in that pitching rotation that they don't normally have. Mm-hmm. Um, and you went up and beat Scherzer, an old nemesis, DeGrom. Um, you know, the Falcons are winning close games much more than they're losing at a clip much higher than the NFL. This feels different. It feels a little different to me, a little culture change, Nick. I mean, coming back and scoring 13 points in the fourth quarter to close out a Browns team that is – Obviously, without their starting quarterback right now, but talented, without a doubt, on both sides of the ball. So, uh, yeah, this is a team that's fighting right now. And I know that, you know, we kind of a little bit against Arthur Smith's how uh, punchy he's been. But uh, he does seem to have them believing in the locker room. And, uh, you know, he the media can take the lashings if the product on the field continues to um, overachieve and uh, trot out what they've been putting out so far this season. You, um... I was I was reading some of the chat just a little bit. Um, Kevin said I almost don't re-sign McGarry out of spite. <laughs> you, you'd get a nice comp pick for him. You'd what mm-hmm. probably get a third rounder for him, depending on where he goes. Uh, I, I I get you with that, Kevin. I'm like, what took you so long? You know, um, Chris Lindstrom said early, and you can't you cannot listen to teammates talking about other teammates, uh, especially when they play right next to him in the trenches, saying you know. Um, you know, he was saying all along that, you know, McGarry looks great this offseason. Could be a, a new season for him. He's, he's looked really great. Again, that's that's teammate talk. It's kind of what I expect him to say. Um, but, again, trying to – I'd like to see him, you know, if I knew this is what I was going to get for the next five, six years, throw him a nice big fat contract. You're you're done. You're, you're set at right tackle. Um but, you know, does he revert back after he gets paid? And then you're just, I knew it, you dumbass, you know, flash in the pan. And you went and gave him the bag. Well, who is this? John Conkak? That's old school. That Shout out to anybody who gets that reference. Um, but yeah, I, uh, that's why I say, Nick, I think, you know, the, I don't think he'll get a top, top contract for a right tackle. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit more, you know, mid with maybe some higher guarantees. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you were to go five years, you know, five years, 65 with 330 guaranteed, um, might get it done. That'd be a nice raise for him, like, you know, a 5X raise um, with 30 million guaranteed. So so we'll see. We'll see. Kevin Mapp coming in with some stars, breaking the ice for us. Thank you, Kevin. And just a reminder that uh, one of the best ways you can support this show is through super chats on YouTube and Facebook stars, wherever you're watching on Facebook, they are set up on both of my channels, which Kevin map just did for us. So thank you, Kevin. Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kevin. And just looking at the right tackle contracts, it's kind of a pretty steep drop off, but Ryan Ramchak making nearly 20 million a year, Brian O'Neill, 18.5 lane, Johnson, 18 
Brandon Smith, 17.5. Taylor Moten, 17. Then a big drop to Rob Havenstein at 11.5. And Chukuma Korofor at 9.75. Caleb McGeary has a better pedigree. And honestly, his tape has been as good as Chukuma Korofor. So that was I my guy for remember. Remember, that yeah. was who I wanted. The, the, that Broncos. was who I wanted targeted at right tackle was, was mm-hmm. uh, Chukuma. Yep. So uh, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm going to go over on the 10 million line. I, I maybe set it at 11. I think I'll get over that. That's but where that's, I start. Thanks, Kevin, coming in. JT Tuggles, your favorite Falcon. Was Tuggle your favorite Falcon too, Scott? I feel like you. Oh, love yeah. Tuggle. Yeah. And uh, he uh, he actually lives in my neighborhood now. So um, <laughs> he's um, he. I, I think I've told you the story I was up in front of uh, at the Army All-American Bowl, the combine, the junior combine was there. There's 400 kids there. And I was. I was giving a, a speech, you know, an intro welcome here. And basically it was, you know, don't let anybody tell you no. You know, you're going to get told you're not fast enough. You're not big enough. But, you know, if you believe in yourself, then walk on. Go do it. You know, th- there's opportunities there. Go do it. And I said, I said, my favorite football player of all time went to Valdosta State and ended up in the Pro Bowl as a former walk-on. And he's Jesse Tuggle. I said, and I go, he was this tall. And, uh, you know, didn't let anybody tell him no, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it turns out Jesse was in the crowd uh, because his son, Justin, was at that combine. And Jesse came up to me afterwards. So that was kind of cool. I was like, I didn't mean to, like, make fun of your height, dude. And he's like, no, no, all good. <laughs> so he's about 5'10", the hammer. Good nickname. Good, good, uh, good nickname. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, probably a little bit before. I don't remember Jesse Tuckle very much, but the, my overall NFL uh, fandom and experience really took off in you know the high school timeline so um it was not as he was of, a middle linebacker when middle linebackers were still cool but, so yeah. that's that's mike singletary that's sam mills um who are some of the other big ones in there mecklenburg was playing at that time mm-hmm. um you know that, that was it was it was when it was still a cool position to play was 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 middle linebacker when the rules were still the rules that they were when it was still a much less of a passing league as they you know they opened up the offenses uh to really really favor the passing game so um you know and again former walk-on at valdosta state you know sixth or seventh round pick i don't think it it, i'm i I think he was drafted i'm not i don't think he was an undrafted free agent but he might have been um, you know, and then played for the Falcons for 12 years, multiple Pro Bowls, 200 tackle seasons, just, just, just an ass kicker. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but Chris Walker says on Facebook, he says, I think this coaching staff is a large reason they have been as good as they have been this year. The roster talent has improved, but it's still a long ways to go. It was so bad last year, though. It's going to take another year or two to be where we would like it. Several. Yeah, it's an ongoing process. And that's the thing, Chris is, you know, what happens, you know, you feel like, yes, I've, I've got the right tackle position fixed. McGarry's a free agent this year. You know, Kayla McGarry's a free agent this year. And you could have that level. And if you don't resign him, you're starting over at right tackle. That's not as easy said as done. I would think a fair contract, you know, in, in the neighborhood of what Nick and I are talking about would get it done. Now it would be up to him to sustain it keep playing at that level kid don't don't drop off don't revert back to the first three years in the league you know you've shown you can do it now go do it yeah no absolutely uh thank you so much for coming in chris chris has been an og i think like chris has been with us since like the dawn of the this channel so uh thank you for coming in chris and uh hanging out with us we really do appreciate you yep yep without a doubt let me uh let me go back opening up a different stream here to make sure i can keep an eye on uh stars coming in so i can make sure to give them the proper thank you when it happens um ernie uh eric max says arthur smith is the real deal uh, eric this is one of the reasons i've been trying i tried really hard in the off season to hedge expectations uh was because i i agree with you i think arthur mm-hmm. smith is a fantastic coach um i like the staff he has put around him that he went out and talked dean peace into coming and joining him out of retirement who is, you know, been around forever, that shows, um, I mean, these guys are all egomaniacs. Don't get me wrong. You you have to be to be where you are. But to be able to kind of step back and say, I'm going to bring in a guy that's got 40 years of experience and it's I'm not going to feel challenged by it. I I want the help. That's that's a sign of genius. You know, that's a genius move in order to to step up and surround yourself with 
really, really good people and not feel threatened by it is easier said than done. So I'm a big fan of, of Arthur Smith and how it's one of the reasons why I know it's a dead horse, but I repeat ad nauseum the, the handicaps that this roster is facing because I think you've got the right guy in place at coach. And I don't want you to run them off if they go five and 12 with a hundred million dollar roster. I think with how they've played so far this season at two and two already, it would have to be a crazy drop off from here in form and ability. Um, He's already, in my opinion, built in some goodwill in the bank uh, with how this team is performing way above expectations and specifically on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, this has been a good offense uh, so far this season. That's a good Cleveland team out there uh, on the defensive side of the ball talent wise. So I would, I wouldn't worry about that uh, anymore unless things go drastically the wrong direction here. But like, Honestly, is there, God, I don't even want to say this, but is there any piece on this team where the offense would be that much worse? I mean, I think Ritter could come in and be a competent backup. Typically, it's the quarterback that goes down that tanks the unit. I don't think that would happen uh, at a crazy level for the Falcons. You do have those two big pass catchers. I think those are the ones, if you lose one of those guys, uh-oh. Uh, but other than that, I think it's you're pretty you're pretty well set there. I might say, and let's let's just go to the unit grades here. Yeah. Um, let's start on the offensive line. I think this offensive line is drastically, drastically over uh, over been better than I was expecting coming in. Um, yeah. You had McGarry, and you brought in Eli Wilkinson, who basically took the number one spot in camp right away. Um, you know, a converted right tackle, and you're like, okay, you know, is this how much of an upgrade is this going to be? It, it should be an upgrade because it's not hard to get from the worst in the NFL to better than that. So it should be better. Um, But he's been solid. He's been, he's been average at worst, which is Mm -hmm. a humongous upgrade. Uh, Jake Matthews has been good. Uh, Caleb McGarry has been good. And uh, Lindstrom has been a monster. Now you mentioned, you know, who can you ill afford to lose right now? As crazy as it sounds, I might say the freaking guard, Chris Lindstrom, um, on PFF is the number one guard in football right now. He, I think he had the highest grade of any player in the NFL last week. Um, he is absolutely killing it, and he is helping to mask. If there is a deficiency on this offensive line, it is Drew Dahlman at mm. center. He is helping to cover some of those deficiencies. If you have a weaker spot there, that deficiency becomes wider. It becomes yeah. You become softer. Drew Dahlman is getting knocked into the backfield three yards on every snap when he's head up with a defensive lineman. Uh, stretch plays are becoming bounce wide plays because you can't make a straight line for the right tackle trying to run off the ass of the tackles because the center is getting knocked back three yards in and you've got to bounce it wide every time it turns into a sweep a stretch turns into a sweep so maybe the most irreplaceable guy right now is chris lindstrom (laughs) as crazy as that sounds that is crazy, uh, but overall, great. Um, just to ask you the rules on this. Are you grading on the curve uh, based on expectations? Or you know, is this I, a- I think I think try not to. You know, okay. let's let's look at this because you know if if I'm grading versus expectations, the offensive line's an A plus. Yeah. If I'm looking at it relative to, I want to be a Super Bowl contender and versus the rest of the league. Uh, I think this this lineup has been a solid. B to B plus on the offensive line. Easy. I still think they might be knocking on the door of an A. Um, You know, third or fourth in the league in rushing, um, you know, with, you know, not a huge passing threat. This offensive line has been really, really good. Wildly exceeded my expectations. You know, you know, and it's one of those things I don't like is like those types of um, polls. It's like, okay, you ate dinner here. Did it meet, exceed, or, or uh, you know, was it worse than expectations? Well, my expectations were high, so it met them. But it feels like you're giving them a middle grade. That's how I feel about Gary Leeds Palmer. Gary Leeds Palmer's is a ten, yeah. but he's just meeting expectations that he set for himself because he's a ten. So Gary Leeds Palmer coming in with the stars on Facebook. Thank you so much, sir. He says good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning, but, GLP. Uh, but you know, talking about. Uh, uh, you know, where would you grade them? I, I mean, I could go B to B plus for this offensive line. I was going to go B plus as well. So I'm going to have to one up you and give him an A minus. Uh, Dolman's been a bit of a disappointment. I'm curious if they made the right choice uh, with him at center versus Hennessy. Uh, but uh, so far he's holding on. And like you said, I feel like we don't talk enough about how 
steady Eddie uh, Jake Matthews is. Is he dominant, you know, future Hall of Famer? No, but he's he's good. And the consistent performance you get from him week in, week out at a position that is the probably the most important thing is just consistency. Uh, I think he brings that to you. So Matthews has been good. Left guard center, long-term question marks, but I'm going to give him an A-. I think they've been a damn good unit in an NFL that is starved uh, for offensive line talent and consistency. Uh, quarterback play. Where would you go right now? Against expectations, it'd probably be a B, but I think given that we're grading on the entire NFL curve, it's not really a, you're not really getting dynamic quarterback play. It definitely feels more schemed, uh, open kind of looks and things. So I'm going to give the quarterback play a, uh, a C minus right That's now. Where it's, I was. It's yeah. fine, but it's, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been adequate to, yeah. for the most part, but not, you're not winning games because of Marcus Mariota. Um, it's been hold the fort. You know, he's been, he's been okay. He hasn't been bad. Um, he hasn't been good. He's been meh. He's shown signs of some good plays that he's shown some bad plays. He's been mid, um, you know, and it seems like, you know, we're getting, getting pretty good. Uh, here we are. Q, uh, C minus Joe Cannon. Uh, Kevin says QB C play right there. Chris Walker agreed. So yeah, I think we're all pretty fair on that. Uh, the running back position, you know, with Cordero Patterson, and we're not going to, we're not going to grade it for what it is now, but what it's been the first month of the season, Cordero Patterson, uh, Tyler Algier, uh, Caleb Huntley coming in and, uh, you know, a sprinkle, little sprinkle of uh, Avery Williams here and there. I'd probably give him a B plus with Cordell Patterson in there. Um, they've been a good unit. Um, not obviously the best running back in football. And also you're not really the guys behind Cordell Patterson haven't stepped in and been like, oh, my God, we don't have enough carries to give those guys. So I'm going to give them a, a B plus uh, right now. It's going to dip a good bit with Cordell Patterson out, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But uh, through four games, I think a B plus is about solid. Yeah, Joe go, Joe Cannon goes A, Kevin goes B plus. I'd go A minus on this one. Uh, you know, Cordell Patterson was 350 yards or so. You know, he was top five in the league. Um, I mentioned I thought it was a personnel mistake in the week one to not have Tyler Algier active. Uh, and we might have seen better running back play in the first week, but that wasn't on the running backs. That was on uh, that. Like I said, that was a premeditated decision that I believe was a mistake. Um, he, sh he should have been active. Um, again, Damian Williams to me, hasn't shown enough that you can go into the game with two, you know, uh, especially when, when Cordero Patterson, you don't want him to be your number one all the time. I don't want him carrying the ball 20 times a game. Um, so I, I go a minus there. And, uh, speaking of running backs, Kenny, Kenny Booker comes in KB 82 coming in green. Appreciate the super chat, Kenneth. He said, should Denver have kicked the tires on Kareem Hunt trade as a one-year rental since he requested a trade from uh, the Browns this year? Does a fourth get that deal done? Do you think you were able to get a fourth for uh, a Kareem Hunt? Probably. Um, I think that actually does make some sense there. The issue is you're bringing in not just Kareem Hunt, but the uh, domestic uh, violence issue that was caught on camera with him as well that caused him to be released in the first place. Going to carry that around with him. For a bit, uh, not that he, people don't deserve second chances, but that's, I'm not the one in position. I'm glad I'm not the one in position to say that he deserves it or not. Uh, so fourth probably would get it done, especially if Cleveland loses again uh, here soon. They might be looking to add some pieces that they gave up for uh, Deshaun Watson. But I don't know. It definitely leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. And can you do it now? You know, a fourth now, maybe. Um I don't know that they're in a position where they can start subtracting from their team. Cleveland is the problem. And you wouldn't have done it at the beginning of the season because you already had three running backs that were well, well paid. You know, so you're not you're not making that trade beforehand. Um, and now you've got five draft picks for the Denver Broncos. Now, I don't know that you want to trade away one of your fours. So yeah. it's, it'd be tough. It's, it's tough to make a trade uh, right now. And again, you're you, you've already dumped so much money into RB2 and RB3. I don't know. I mean, do you live with that mistake? Was it a mistake? But, you know, I, I've, I've been bagging on this for six months about, you know, the 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 overspending at those two at that position at RB2 and RB3 has been it's been too much money. Um, now, do you follow that up with now throwing more draft capital at the running back position? I, I don't I don't know. Um Let's see here. Uh, Kevin, Matt, we're talking wide receiver. I was going to go tight end first. Well, tight end, that becomes an interesting one, Nick. Um, 
tight end grades. You got Parker Hesse. You got Kyle Pitts. Um, if you look at what uh, – oh, and, and for the running backs, uh, throw in Keith Smith, who's been really good as yeah. a fullback when he's out there. So I got no problem with an A- minus for, for running backs with the Atlanta Falcons because Keith Smith at fullback has been a beast. Yeah. Uh, tight end. B minus. Um, it's been a little bit, and granted, I'm going to be honest with you, I've not watched every single snap of all 22 to see what teams are doing to take out Kyle Pitts. You could be having a gravitational pull effect with Kyle Pitts out there that's opening up things for everybody else. Um, obviously, he uh, came on a slow out of the first two weeks, came on a bit definitely um, as of late, but I'm going to give them a, a B. I, exp- I hoped a little bit more, and I might even give them a bump in the grade because uh, Parker Hesse. Go Hawkeyes. <laughs> the tight end you, I baby. Think a, I think a B is fair because there's more to the tight end position than just block, than just the receiving, exactly. and they've been blocking well. Kyle Pitts has done a good job blocking yeah. when he's been asked to come in and, and handle his assignments. Uh, Parker Hesse has done a good job. When Keith Smith lines up on the line, uh, he's done a good job there. So I'm okay with a B. Uh, you know, I think we'd all like to see Kyle Pitts more involved. Uh, like to see the ball in his hands in the backfield and the, the offense, the defensive backfield. Uh, a little bit more often, um, but he was targeted a bunch. Now let's you know let's let's keep following that. And see if we can see if we can get him the ball. Uh, wide receivers considered maybe the weakest wide receiver room in the NFL to start the season. I don't think yeah. you're going to say that right now. Yeah, no, it's been uh, pretty crazy, man. Drake London has been so good. I'm pretty. Uh... I'm bummed that I did not take him, uh, even though you told me over and over again to take him. Although my wide receivers are okay. Um, I've been okay there, but uh, he's been killer. The depth at wide receiver, it still would be great to have somebody else uh, that you can lean on. I know that Kyle Pitts is the de facto uh, next wide receiver, but just having somebody else out there that one, two, three, um, some, you know, use some plays where Kyle Pitts is not in the progression because he is a decoy and having two reads off of that versus one would be good. But the way the, the Falcons are running their offense right now, it's a lot of a uh, play action max protect, you know, two, uh, two options out there and it's working for them. I think I saw that the Falcons are running like the 31st or excuse me, the second most play action passes in the NFL uh, so far this season. The only only team that's number one is uh, the te- only team that's ahead of them is the Ravens who are like, they run an offense and nobody else can because of Lamar Jackson. But then the difference between the Falcons and everybody else is like huge as far as play action usage. Uh, so God, I guess I'm going to have to give the wide receivers a B as well. And that's just because how impressed I've been with Drake London. Yeah, he's if you look at PFF again and and, uh, one of the things I always say about PFF is you don't know who's grading the graders. Not one person is doing every single play for every single team. So you're going to get variance from team to team. I don't particularly think the Broncos grades are that great. I think the Falcons grades have been really good. I really do. I think when I'm when I'm when I do this when we do these shows on Monday, and it's usually before the PFF grades have come out. You know, y'all have y'all have heard me say who who have I been on so far this year? Drew Dahlman this week, uh, Ade Ugandeji, of uh, you know this last week. Who was the worst graded offensive player for uh, this week? Drew Dahlman. Uh, who was the worst edge? And we'll get to we'll about to flip over to the defensive side of the ball. The worst graded edge in the NFL right now, Ade Ugandeji. Um, you know, Richie Grant, we've seen good things from good grade. So I, I feel like I can look at those and it's like, okay, I didn't necessarily watch the defensive backfield, but I feel good about whoever is grading, uh, the Atlanta Falcons for PFF, I think is doing a really, really good job. Yeah. And they no, have I'm- Drake London, um, you know, to that point, they have Drake London eighth out of 106 wide receivers. Um, he's been better than expected. Um, for sure. You know, early on, 20 21 year old kid you know yeah. i think he's just turning 21 and he's playing with a maturity level that is you would you know we've got some broncos fans in here it's like gosh wouldn't that be nice to see jerry judy playing with the maturity level that drake london is showing right now um it, it's it's been he's been a he's been a great pick and i was down on that pick for a multitude of reasons but if you hit on it then you keep stacking up good players, you're going to be fine. Drake London, it looks like a hit. Kyle Pitts, hit. Um, Richie Grant, hit. You know, those guys are are coming together very well. 
Yeah, Richard Grant's been a nice surprise here recently. But yeah, London's been great. Um, been one of my favorite players to watch this season so far. Um, for All right, anything. wide receiver two real quick before I forget, Nick. I someone someone I saw a comment on here somewhere. I don't remember if it was on my Facebook page or in a YouTube feed or whatnot. But you know who's available next year for about eleven million dollars on the team is Calvin Ridley is under contract for the Atlanta Falcons next year. Speaking of wide receiver two, I just cannot see an instance where he is on this team next year. Just no way. I think it's it's scorched earth where they would say, okay, thank you. Uh, we're going to get what we can from you. Good luck and God bless. Yeah, I would not be that interested in uh, bringing Calvin Ridley back. I also don't know if he's a great fit um, for the offense. He's more of a finesse player. You want to play at uh, in the slot or whatnot. But right now you're using bigger bodies uh, for those positions because you're trying to run out of those mm-hmm. formations. And that's not Calvin Ridley at all. Uh, no. So I think you get what you can for him, move on and maybe even have to eat some of the contract or put him on the non-injury list because he's still dealing with a bunch of random crap out there. I, I, <laughs> I, t- I forgot he existed, um, honest to God. So well, that's uh, $11 million that he counts against the cap next year that you should be able to get back. That yeah. um, you know, we, we talk about all of this money that should be available. If you look at Spot Rack, it says, "Well, Scott, where are you coming up with this money?" They don't. Spot Rack says you've got thirty available. No, no, no. There's there's lots. And Kevin says, "Good call." He doesn't fit. Um, you can get away. I, I call Calvin Ridley's kind of a luxury player, um, and a luxury player is kind of described as someone who has a specific skill set but doesn't necessarily do everything you want, but is good enough at one thing that you can cover for him and others. So he is a pass catcher. He's not going to get involved in the run game. That is a luxury player. Is is the team around him good enough to carry a luxury player to take advantage of what he does well? Maybe. Maybe. Um, let me see. Eric Mack comes in and he asks a question. Can you guys see the Falcons drafting another wide receiver next year? Yes. Yes, I can. Uh, I don't want to see it in the first round. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to see another pass catcher taken in the third round in the first round. Um, I'd like to see uh, defense solidified a little bit more. I think you need another corner. Um, I think you need another defensive lineman. And and frankly, you still need more help at edge. Um, Going into next year, Lorenzo Carter has been not great, not good. He's been okay. So let's flip yeah. over to the other side of the ball. Let's let's look at the edge, the edge grades. Um, you know, where would you be right there for for edge? D plus. Yeah. Um, it's not great. Uh, Ogan Deji is probably one of the worst players um, starting on this team right now. He's just and he's it's not his fault. You know, he's a fifth round pick. He never really probably should have been in the position he is. But Lorenzo Carter is just a below average starter. I mean, what you get a one year deal? He's a, he's a mercenary right now. Ebiketti is the only thing keeping it from being a D minus, um, honestly, mm-hmm. and haven't seen much from Malone yet. So uh, yeah. I think I'm going to go with give him a, a D plus D uh, right now. This is definitely an area where this team needs a, a plus player in the worst way. Yeah. So when I'm thinking, you know, drafting next year. So, Eric, can you see the Falcons drafting another wide receiver next year? I almost guarantee they come out of the draft with another wide receiver next year. I don't want it in the first round. I'm not sure I want it in the second round, depending on who's there. You know, if I can get yeah. George Pickens in the second, Christian Watson in the second types, Sky Moore types in the second, then sure, okay. But you need a, you need an edge. Um, yeah. Ebiketti has been okay. He's been he's been okay for a rookie. Probably not what I would consider a plus NFL starter. But again, the bar was set so low that it has improved. The edge position yeah. has gone from F. You know, there's Fs. Uh, you know, a seventy, a sixty-nine was an F for for me in high school. So you've gone from a thirty percent to a seventy-two. That's a huge improvement. Yeah. Not all Fs are created equally. It was uh, it was uh, like an, an incomplete. Like didn't even show last year. So you have gotten better, but it still needs to get a lot better. If you were to look at, I mentioned PFF. I I, I like their scoring. Arnold Ebiketti, 73 out of 108. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, 63 out of 108. And Ade Ogundeji, 108 out of 108. So saying that they're a D um, isn't necessarily a, you know, that's not a, a big stretch. Uh, interior line, Grady Jarrett. Um, why am I drawing a blank Graham. after Grady Jarrett? Take, Timmy Hornet take, nose guard. Take one, Graham. 
Taquan. Oh, love Taquan Graham. That's your guy. Oh, so. Yeah, that's, that's my guy. I love Taquan Graham. Uh, brain fart. Lock it up. We're going on an hour here. Um, where would you be right now? Abdullah Anderson. Um, you know, where, where would you go right now on the interior line? B minus. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've been okay out there. Uh, really. I've always loved Grady Jarrett. I love him back to the days that he was playing nose guard at Clemson, uh, undersized and one. And I was screaming at the TV for the Broncos to draft him over and over again. Um, that draft cycle, but I think they've been solid. Uh, could they use a, you know, a true like first round body type caliber player on that unit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, just a guy to work in there. Um, especially with Grady Jarrett coming, probably coming closer to the end of his career. And the, I mean, you still, you, the clip I sent you, um, last week where it shows him dominating. It's like, where's he lined up there? It's the under tackle, the three technique spot, tackle. Mm-hmm. which you have a lot of considering how much nickel you play still, but, um, it's not as much of the four eye, you know, gap and a half that you're seeing sweep across the NFL right now. Uh, so, um, I give him a B minus. I think they've been good. I really enjoy Graham. I think he's a, a bu- he's a solid starter, which considering mm-hmm. where you took him, that's a, that's a great get on the defensive line. Uh, so I, I give him a B minus. They've been a solid, uh, solid unit. That's that's where I am. I think Grady Jarrett is playing at a Pro Bowl level, um, without a doubt. Yep. I don't see the rest of the the league, but I don't. What I do watch, I don't see many, if any, playing at a better level than he is right now. Grady Jarrett has been a freaking beast. Uh, Taquan Graham has been one of the Taquan Graham, Caleb McGarry have been my pleasant surprises of the season. Um, as far as guys you had last year who have stepped up in a Big, big way. Uh, Taquan Graham, again, he's not just out there. Adeogundeji was a starter last year for a lot of it. Didn't, shouldn't have been. Hasn't making that, that step to the next level. Taquan Graham was a starter for a lot last year. He shouldn't have been. Uh, it's just a matter of they didn't have anybody else. He has stepped up to where he is now a plus starter in this league. Um, but I'm at B minus two because you're, you're going, um, you've got, Two guys that I think are plus, and then you know mid-level replacements next to him. Anthony Rush has been okay. Um, if you if you if you look at PFF, they don't even think okay is the right way to go. He's at one hundred and one out of one hundred and twenty-four, with uh, with Timmy Horn one hundred and eleven out of one hundred and twenty-four. Um, is Marlon Davidson ever going to play on this team? He's eligible to come off uh, IR. I'm not, not counting on it. Let's yeah. move to linebacker. Speaking of eligible to come off IR soon, Deion Jones, does he play for this team again? I've said I have my doubts, but the guys that are there, Michael Walker, Rashawn Evans, Troy Anderson at linebacker. C, C minus. Uh, It's been pretty average out there. There's been a few good plays there from Evans and Walker, but nothing really dynamic or consistent out there. They're just kind of meh. They're probably the most... uh, the least notable unit out there, which I mean, they're linebackers in the year 2022. So that's not uh, the most shocking thing in the world, but I give them probably a C minus. I've just not been super impressed with them. Excited that Troy Anderson's getting a little bit more and more uh, as we continue along. Uh, 2023 though, will be the year where we're really kind of figuring out what the Troy Anderson experience is going to be like. So for now, Evans and Walker holding it down. They're, they're fine. So I'll give them a C minus. I was going C, C to C plus. I, like I said, they've been fine. Uh, nothing, nothing too, n- no big difference make level plays. Um, they've been, they've been doing a job. Um, and considering mm-hmm. how much money you are paying into that and where they're, uh, you know, wh- if you think how much money is in your linebacker room with, with, uh, with Deion Jones, with Debo, that you're able to do a job for hardly any money at all is is solid. You know, you've got your money tied up other places. Hopefully you can sprinkle that money around um, uh, a little bit. So um, I'm going to split up the defensive backs and go safety. Yeah. Uh, safety, man. If you talk about surprises this season, Caleb McGurry is getting a lot of the hype, but for me, Richie Grant, uh, he was, there's another one, another pleasant horrible. surprise. Yeah. He was horrible last year. Let's just call it as it was. He was not very good missing tackles. Um, now granted he is the safety and how the safety looks as a very dependent on what's in front of them. And it was bad in front of him last year. So uh, Richie Grant's really stepped up. I'm going to give the safeties a C plus. Um, I think that Grant has been good on the other end, though. Uh, Jalen Hawkins. Hawkins has been not good, in my opinion, from what I've seen. So I'm going to give them a C plus. Yeah, Jalen Hawkins has been some hot and cold. He's been OK. Um, Richie Grant, I do think, has been good. And then on the corners, uh, the, the cornerback position, um, 
you know, the, the two main guys there have been, uh, you know, AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward. Yeah. Um, I feel like Terrell has been fine this season. It doesn't seem like it's like the dominance that was last year now, but the rest of the defense is better around him. So I don't know. We'll see. It's only four games too. I'm going to give them a C plus as well. Uh, I think that Terrell has been good, but outside of him, you really need some more cornerback depth. Luckily the AFC South is not a, a bevy of electric passing offenses right now um, with Tom Brady kind of seemed like he's, yeah, maybe Giselle was the source of his power. Uh, talk to bring it full circle here, but um, I'll <laughs> give them. We'd like to find out. Let me see. Yeah. Let me see if I. No, just kidding. My wife's around here somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I, I think right now, you know, edge and corner. If I'm looking, wh- where, where does this team need the most help? We're talking about forging the Falcons. Um, if I've got a first round pick, I'd probably want it at pass rush or a corner opposite AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell. Uh, it's kind of like when you're a closer at the beginning of the season and you give up a couple runs. It's hard to work your ERA down. Um, AJ Terrell had good coverage against Michael Thomas. Jameis Winston threw perfect passes and Michael Thomas made great plays. That happens. That's indefensible. Um, AJ Terrell hasn't has been he's been good. He's still been good. Casey Hayward has been a little bit of a disappointment to me, um, but he, I think he's working his way in. I think he's playing better and better every week. Uh, Mike Ford has been better than I expected because I didn't expect anything. Uh, when I watched him in the in the preseason, he was bad. I was actually a little surprised he made the roster. Isaiah Oliver has had another month to get healthy, so hopefully he will come back and he can contribute. And this team's still knocking on the door of the playoffs, hanging around 500. And when uh, when Isaiah Oliver comes back, he can be a a big contributor. And and Thea coming in says we need Debo, but he's probably not staying. Oh, he, he's definitely not staying. There's there's zero chance Deion Jones is on this team next year. Um, my wonder is, do they even want him on the field this year? That's the, the 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 look I got. I mean, how do you play the final preseason game when nobody plays, and then you sh- you, you put him on the shelf uh, immediately afterwards? Like, no, sorry, you weren't ready. Not only were you weren't ready, you're not ready to go for another five weeks. What? If it was that close, they wouldn't have risked him. If this was a prime asset, if this was somebody you were counting on, they wouldn't have risked him in week three. This was a week three in, of the preseason to see what you got out of him. And then they said, nope, never mind. We don't even want you around. We don't even want you around for the next month. So I'm not convinced Deion Jones suits up and we see him on the field again. Um be happy to be wrong about that. He's got speed that this, you know, he's got playmaking ability that this team lacks on defense. But uh, I don't know that he's got it here. I don't know that he's got, if he's got the want to right now. I think he wants to be somewhere else. Uh, yeah, it's a little unfortunate, but the reality of the situation. So overall, uh, I'm going to give this team a B minus. I think on the season, we graded the units, but B minus. Some of that is probably against expectation. But I've been pleasantly surprised so far this season. It's a team that is very well coached, in my opinion, and uh, maybe playing above their talent looking at the roster level, but that's what you need to do in this league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so far, I've been pretty impressed. And uh, shout out to Arthur Smith and Dean Peace, uh, both, I think, maximizing this team. Could easily be 3-1. and one. They're not. Um, but, uh, hey, man, if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are faltering a bit, is the AFC South might be up there for grabs so why yeah, the not NFC, the nfc south nfc, NFC south, south excuse me nfc south might be up for grabs why not i mean panthers are bad uh don't really think the saints are that good either um why not yeah let's look at just the schedule again real quick and then we'll get out of here um you know hopefully this won't autoplay an ad as i click on this uh but you're two and two at buccaneers okay you're not gonna be favored in there 49ers at home the 49ers are they might be the best defense you're gonna face but they're beatable because their offense isn't anything special at Cincinnati. Who knows what we're going to get with Cincinnati? Um, you know, that's not unwinnable Panthers. I think you could sweep the damn Panthers. Um, that one's at home on, on the 30th, uh, Halloween weekend. Then you play the chargers at home. Then you're back at the Panthers. So that's much better than, you know, you, you already ate your vegetables when you did your two West coast road trips. Mm -hmm. Now you go, uh, you know, um, you go a long time 49ers 
Bengals, Panthers, Chargers, Panthers, where the farthest you have to go is eight hours up 75 to Cincinnati over a six-week span, seven-week span, because then you got the Bears at home. Uh, the Commanders are beatable. The Steelers are definitely beatable. We know the Saints are beatable. Ravens are going to be tough. Cardinals are beatable. Buccaneers at home. Yeah, I mean, you got a Nine chance. It's not out of the question for this team. No, they're playing well, and that's God. We were talking about five wins. I was second two and fifteen, and a lot of it had to do with the offensive and defensive lines. Mm-hmm. And again, they have wildly exceeded my expectations based on the lack of personnel changes. And that is a credit to the coaching staff. That is a credit to the players themselves. And, uh, you know, good for them. Um, yeah. You know, because we're, we're having the same conversation with the Denver Broncos right now. Why is this team faltering? Because your offensive line sucked and you didn't make any changes. Okay, well, they've gotten worse on the OL. The Falcons offensive line sucked and they didn't make any changes and they have taken a wild leap forward. Yeah. They made some change. I mean, they technically they had two new starters. Yeah. You know, Eli Wilkinson at left guard and Drew Dahlman at center. But Drew Dahlman was there last year, second-year player, and Eli Wilkinson's a retread, repurposed right tackle. Going yeah. in, you're not expecting that to be what you've got, and that is a credit to this team. Good for them. Yep. And John Pope coming in and saying, I just want to see Ritter. Falcons keep playing well. I mean, there's not going to be a switch made. Um, you're 2-2 two and two right now on a two-game win streak. Um, the only game where you were severely outmatched was that uh, Rams game, and you came back and fought uh, in that one. So... I don't know. I would be, uh, I'd just enjoy the ride right now. Uh, the future doesn't have to start too soon. You know, it's like what they say to kids. Don't grow up too fast. Uh, enjoy mm. with enjoy right now. Yeah. It's uh again, seven of 19 with a 41 quarterback rating and you get the win on seven passes completed. You might see him yeah. <laughs> despite the win. You might see Ritter. We'll see. It's uh, a- uh, Aiden Munden on all Falcons. will have an article up here. Um, in the next hour or so about, is it time to see Ritter? And he breaks down, you know, some of the reasons why Uh, on that note, we are going to break it down and get out of here. I want to say thank you to our super chat superstars, uh, KB 82 on YouTube, Gary leads Palmer on Facebook and Kevin map on Facebook. Thank you for the support gentlemen. We certainly appreciate it. Uh, We will be back on mile high huddle tomorrow. Nick and I haven't talked Broncos for breakfast and by God, there has been a lot that has gone on since Nick and I were doing a Broncos show. Uh, and it will be a preview of Colts and our old buddy, Matt Ryan, who is got the Sharks circling in Indianapolis as that team's about ready to go down the drain. Um, we'll have some Thursday night football where we get to watch Matt Ryan and the Colts take on the Broncos. And then we will be back on Monday uh, on this channel to talk Buccaneers Falcons and who knows uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here uh, it's been a good quarter of the season so far for the Falcons uh, excited to see what comes next and uh, so far I think this team's going in the right direction and that's pretty much all that was our hope for the season move in the right direction we're only a quarter of the way there but so far yes yeah yeah I'm going across the grades feel good there's not so many gaping holes on the roster right now and there's money to be had next year. There's, you know, draft choices to fill a couple spots. And again, you can feel good about the direction of this franchise. And you, you haven't always been able to say that as uh, as an Atlanta Falcons fan. So on that note, go Braves. Uh, playoffs are going to get started here in the weekend before, I think, before, uh, before we see you again. So let's go Braves. And we'll see how this game goes against the, the old nemesis, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So on that note, we will see you next time. Thank you for being here.